But let's kick off with Oppenheimer. Let us kick off with Oppenheimer. The well, this is Christopher Nolan doing this Christopher Nolan thing where he's going to the stage where he's like, I want to make a film about this, and whatever he's decided that he wants to make a film about, it will become event cinema. <laughs> because I feel like if anybody else has said, I want to make a film about the guy who invented the atomic bomb and it's going to be about the science behind the bomb and it's going to be about a whole bunch of men talking in rooms and most of it is going to be in black and white. I can't think of any other filmmaker nowadays that A, would get away with it and B, have it be a blockbuster and have everybody go, oh my God, this is going to be big beside Christopher Nolan. And fair play to him. Fair play to him. He's actually done that. So, I mean, that is the basic synopsis. This is about Oppenheimer. Sean, do you want to tell us about, so Oppenheimer, known as the father of the atomic bomb, anything else that you want to say about this? Okay, so yeah, so this film, it's quite funny, really, because I always thought Oppenheimer was a German that had come over from, you know, sort of... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realise, I didn't realise that he was just American. So, um, so... Quite. He was... Not quite. His father was, I found out earlier today, was um, a was a German Jew. Both his parents, yeah. so he was so he was one generation out. Yeah, but but he was born in America. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. And I thought I always thought he was a, one of the scientists that had come out of like Nazi Germany. Like 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 like, like, uh, like Einstein or Niels Bohr like or Einstein any of those guys. Someone like that. Yeah, that was that was my perception. I mean, I'm generally I'm quite good at history, but that was all I knew about. Um, so, well, that's what I thought I knew. So that that was quite interesting. Um, I guess most people would know the story about you know the making of the, the atomic bomb and what have well, you. Well, that's quite interesting. Hmm? I was going to say that's the. I don't actually think many people do. I think. I mean, I think many no. people know. I don't. Th I do not think many people know about know the fact that there was. Um, well, people knew that there was an atomic bomb, but I don't think yes. many people actually know about how it came about. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. So and it, well. If, if, he, if they go to watch this movie, they, they'll probably see what happens. Basically, Oppenheimer, he's like like a, a physicist, scientist. Yep. And he comes up with a theory. They say, no, this can't happen. He meets Einstein. Uh, they discuss theories and stuff. And, and he gets this little team around him. Oppenheimer gets this little team around him. Yep. All the best that they can think of. And he comes up with a theory. Um, he, he's got this theory. And then they decide that they're going to put the the theory into text you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna yeah. test this thing which they're not they don't know what's going to happen really they're just it's just all purely it's purely all pure because numbers. he because he's he's a theoretical physicist so theoretical he just so, so he just he just sits down there and he thinks about it and they make a whole thing about how bad he is in the lab that he doesn't he doesn't like doing the practical stuff that he just yeah. sort of sits there and he thinks and i know people like this i mean holly and i we went to university with people like this <laughs> yeah 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 so, <laughs> That, that's it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we're talking to the fact, I mean, with, with the nuclear fission fusion and the hydrogen, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. probably more up on that than I am with. But anyway, back to the movie. Um, so, yeah, there's that's the basic story is that it's making an atom bomb and, and the ultimate thing what happens. But you do get some cuts in between where there's like these congressional hearings. Yes. Which, which, which I've found really quite interesting. Yes. And Robert Downey Jr. for about the first and Louis Straws. I was, thinking, I was thinking, I know him. I know him. I know him. <laughs> Who is that oh guy? Oh my goodness! Yeah, who is that guy? So, uh, so that was a good moment. And another thing, you know me with with Cillian Murphy. I'm not a major fan. 
in this, this is the best I've seen him in. I uh, yeah, I have to admit that this is the best I have seen. I was telling Superfan Nina earlier today, I was saying that this is the best I've ever seen Killian Murphy be. Yeah, this definitely. Is, he is brilliant in this. Yeah, he, he is brilliant in this. He is brilliant in this. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, in fact, I thought they all were. I thought they all did really well. <laughs> as no, I no, say, I, yeah, I think the cast, the cast did really well. I mean, the, even 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 the women, because and I say this because and, I think and Florence, I, Florence Pugh. Florence. Flor I, I have to admit, I have to admit, I have to admit, I have to admit that Sean, I know that you've had a, you've had a Florence Pugh thing for for a while. You've had a Florence yes. Pugh thing for, and uh, and I think the the more films she does, the more I'm catching up with you and going. She is damn good. <laughs> she is damn good. And it's and but I say I say especially the women because Christopher Nolan is notorious for not writing good female characters. Christopher yes. Nolan, it's like in his films, essentially. I remember when Tenet came out. I was having a chat with a friend, Seb, and I realized what it was. Christopher Nolan has always spoken about how much of a Bond fan he is. He loves Bond movies. He and Tenet is pretty much his Bond movie. And I realized yes. that I realized that Christopher Nolan, for him, his female characters, Bond girls, are his te uh, are his template for female characters. So all of the all of the female characters he's written, the wife in the wife in Inception, um, the the ones in the Dark Knight trilogy, they are all Bond girls, <laughs> and they they have as much agency and they have as much as Bond girls, and yeah. and and so so the fact is that with this it's. He, it's better than he usually does with female characters, but yes. even with what the, because it's, this is about the men who and because of the time of the, it was the men who were doing everything and were doing, but Florence Pugh as um, Jean oh, oh I can't remember her last name um, yeah and oh it's not like tap tap no, no never mind and, yeah, and, and, and I just, yeah, I yeah and probably, sorry sorry yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and sure. Emily Blunt Emily Blunt as as Oppenheimer's wife. Yeah, Kitty. With the little that they have on screen, these they're fully realized characters, and I think that that is so down to the actors, the, yeah. so down to the actors that like what they do. I mean, because um, the, and because this film is packed. This this film has so many actors in it, so many good names. It really does. Yeah, there's there's even. I mean, you have Rami Malek in it, right? And there and for for a long time <laughs> he, he in the film, yeah, he for, yeah no, for a long time <laughs> in the film, I was like. Are they really going to have Rami Malek? Bear in mind, this is Oscar-winning Rami Malek. Are they going to have Rami Malek in this film and not have him say a word? And for for a long time, for a long time, I was kind of I was looking at going. I think I think that's what Christopher Nolan is going to do. I think he's just going to have all these Oscar-winning people in the background and they're not going to do anything. And there's scenes where Emily Blunt is just in the background and she's very obviously in the background, just sitting there and they saying nothing. But even then, I mean, I think she still brings something to it. I. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was. I really, really, really enjoyed this film. I yeah. mean, and the fact that it's, it, it doesn't feel like a biopic. It feels like you know, and it's, it's over three hours longer. But I don't know about you guys. I didn't feel the three hours because the film just kept moving. It was like, okay, yeah. he's a young scientist now. Okay, cool. That's it. We gotta go. And he's gotta, oh, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> back, yeah, back, back to the actors. There's, there's a guy like when they're having some hearings, but they have like a small hearing and. It's not like a trial or nothing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's yeah, one, yeah. one of my, one of the Jason Clark, one of the actors in that. Jason Clark. Right. Okay. Well, really? That's that's. I'm like not another one of these. I was waiting for Stanley Tucci to turn up, you know. But um, anyway, 
to make the song. Oh, yeah. so, so Jason Clark's there, and he had a really good role as well. He was yeah. really, really Sorry. a nasty, hateful, spiteful no, character. No, you know, you know, no, Sean. On the what is this? Is it an acting? Are they tr everyone trying to prove me wrong? You know? No, 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 no. But not even that, Sean. Sure, sure. I'll tell you. I was watching it because okay. For if you have regularly listened to this, you know that Sean has people who he just irrationally does not like. Stanley Tucci is one of them. <laughs> Jason Clark is another one. Sean does not like Jason Clark. He thinks he's like, what? What? What is your problem, Jason Clark? And and so Sean does. And I was watching this film, and I was and I was watching it. And I felt I was watching. It's like Jason Clark has heard everything <laughs> Sean has said about him. And he's decided to, and he's decided to, he's playing this character in a way to make everybody else feel about him the way Sean feels about him. Because this character, but you're watching the film going, I do not like you. You are a horrible, horrible person. Baby. What the heck is your problem? Vileness. He, uh, he is, yeah, he's vile. Oh, he is I, vile. I had an interesting thing today from a colleague that, which you guys may well have heard, that apparently everybody had been cast but showed up not knowing which characters they were playing. Oh. So, therefore, well, I think possibly, you know, they knew they weren't Oppenheimer, but <laughs> basically people had no idea. So they walked into this sort of collaborative space knowing they were collaborating. Yeah. But not knowing how they were going to be collaborating yeah which i thought was quite interesting particularly as then i looked at that and thought actually they were all so good you could sort of switch them around and yeah. they still been great yeah i mean there was, there was a real and i think without getting a bit too sort of like you know arty about it i think there's a real thing because that's how the scientists had to be and they even make a big thing about the fact that the scientists had to collaborate because they were trying to do something that had never been done before and I think yeah, that there's there's just a lot there's just a lot of good things yeah. like yes, Kemi, I can see. Well done. And it's, it's like even the fact that they have they have things like there's a bit where they have like a, a fish bowl and they make a fish bowl being filled with marbles cinematic. Like it means something. And like they I think the science makes sense. And weirdly enough, for a film that's kind of about hard science, I feel it's one of Nolan's most em like emotionally connective films. Like it because sometimes it can it can be a bit removed. But anyway. Uh, speaking about the women not really having much to do or not being given much to do, Sean and I have done a lot of talking. Holly, what did you think? Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm always happy to, you know, shout over the two. It's fine. Um, I hugely enjoyed it. I thought it was superb. And I, again, thought that the women were interestingly multidimensional. Though, I mean, it, a massive, massive fail of the Bechdel test, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that that's... That's taken as reg. Yeah, yeah, um, I think I think you you pretty much knew that going into this film. Yeah, I was there. There were no surprises there. In fact, I would have been surprised if it hadn't been the case, as I don't think there was a single point where two women spoke about. No, there was the, to each other. I, I think I think the long the, the closest you get between the closest you get to a conversation between two women is a look. Yes, is is, is, is is a look while one of them is mounting a man. <laughs> There's a couple of moments where you have sort of an awareness. Yes, but, yes. So, so let's let's assume that women do not do not feature heavily in the dialogue, but the dialogue that they do have is actually quite powerful. Yes, it lands. It lands. And that's that is that's. Would you? 
impressions the wrong completely the wrong word i don't know what the right word is but that was it had it gave as much agency as could be given in the yes. so actually they yes, were I agree as, with that. as individuals as the actual women they had actually a great deal of agency i mean kitty Oppenheim was fascinating yes was quite i was you know having done the obligatory reading on wikipedia today like wow that's just even beyond what i knew from the film i feel like the women they, there's enough in there that you think makes you think you could do a, another film on each of yeah. these women <laughs> yeah completely by themselves you wouldn't need any you know you wouldn't need other people's stories to make them interesting gene tatlock that was it gene tatlock who was yeah very interesting and whose parents were academics i didn't pick yeah that. yeah 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 I, I i think i read the same wikipedia page but <laughs> see what we spend our time doing um yeah i thought it was i thought it was superb i really liked what was done with the sound and yes. it took me until at least halfway through to figure out the complete lack of silence ever oh okay oh and oh so that so that so that when the silence actually comes <laughs> yeah and there is all throughout it there is a very low level subtle rumbling in the background Hi. the entire film Hi, and it varies <gasps> hey cammy <laughs> it's, and it's not massively it's not obvious but it's there and in the quiet moments you hear it so until you have moments of actual silence you've had no point where there hasn't been noise yeah yeah so it's which is quite i mean it's it's oppressive but I, I, in, it, a, well, in a good in a, an effective way well then is i always think that christopher nolan he, for him sound is a big thing dialogue not so much sound and he he does like doing oppressive sound in his films. Like there's always this like like Interstellar. Interstellar is just kind of like it was trying to deafen you throughout the throughout the whole film. And and in this one, I think it's the most effective one where that that didn't sort of like totally overwhelm. Um, now, okay, but I, I want to Holly. I know you want to keep going, but before I forget, and and I feel I forget. <laughs> one of the things is I actually know quite a bit about this story because there's a friend of mine, Pranav. Pranav. Mahajan, and he he went to Imperial College with us, and he wrote a play called called Destroyer of Worlds that was all about the Manhattan Project and it was all about Oppenheimer, and it actually it actually pretty much ended with the line, "Behold, I am become death, destroyer of worlds," and I was watching this going, I think Pranam might need to sue Christopher Nolan <laughs> because I think you know Sean, you were saying everybody knows about this stuff. I didn't really know about this stuff until I saw Pranav's play, and I remember I remember. Yeah, I I'm just going to say, Toes, with that, there was actually, I think, I don't know if it was the 70s, but I'm 80s, pretty sure... The was, 80s TV series. TV series, where that, then that was the trailer for it. That was the little teaser that was, I have become death. That was the teaser for the... I, I, that's something I really remember. Yeah, so the 80s yeah. TV series, the teaser was, I have become death, destroyer of worlds. That was yeah. the, that's the hook. Yeah. But, uh, but I find that, see, see, I find all that side, I mean, I didn't want to go too much into the technical, but... I mean, I love the diff. I love. I know quite a lot. I know about fairy fairy mountains of hip, and you know, and what's released and all that. So yeah, and you've got fission and you've got fusion, and and in it as well, they were talking about the hydrogen bomb, weren't they? Which is what yeah. what more towards what what Germany was developing more so than yeah. the, the, the nuclear than bomb. the atomic bomb. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So, yeah, but, and, and what you were saying about but that was brilliant with the fish bowls, like you were saying, where he's putting in. So this is how much uranium we've made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is how much plutonium, because the first one was uranium and the second one was, was plutonium. Plutonium, yeah. So, like, I, like fat man and little boy, I think. I really enjoyed the science of it as well, because it's, I mean, it was yeah, going, the going, science back was good. To, going back to, you know, my roots. It had a, a, a comfortable familiarity. <laughs> You're like, oh, I recognise those. Are rooms. you a scientist? Are you a scientist then, Ollie? Not, but once upon a time might have been. Well, well do, you know, uh, do you know your periodic table and stuff? I didn't know my periodic table. I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. Oh, but, all right, so, well, yeah. that's how that's how Tosin and I know each other. Yeah, we we met we met while we were both studying chemical engineering. Yeah. We both were, oh, we're that's where we met. That's where we met. Yeah, when we're we're studying chemical engineering at Imperial College in London, which would have been one of those universities that they might have nicked somebody from for, for the yeah. Manhattan Project. So I'm just going to break it to you that it's about to be. Is it about to be 25 or is it 24 years that we've known each other now? We're coming up to 24 years. We're coming up to 24, 24 years. No, I never knew that. I thought, Holly, I just thought you were somebody who wrote in sometime as a London correspondent. <laughs> oh, that's the first thing. That is a total, total random surprise to me. No, <laughs> no, no. We have been friends for a very, very, very long time. Since yes, we have been, yeah. Fresh faced oh. enthusiastic. I tell you, I'm learning stuff all the time. <laughs> it just shows you. You never, yes. yeah, you never yeah. know what you might find. But it, it had that because of that. It had that. I think it had a bit of familiarity for anybody who's who's been around scientists that has been in this sort of situations. It had a bit of where it felt yes, these feel like scientists. Yeah. And yeah, and, and reminder of a sort of almost a pilot plant was not being a pilot plant, obviously. <laughs> yes, I think yeah. the, bit, the, bit, the, the first the first time when you meet Josh Hartnett, oh, yes. because we've forgotten Josh Hartnett is in this film. Yes. I, I, I'm like, oh my god, Josh Hartnett! It's the what first film think? I've ever seen that made me think. Oh my God, he is actually quite tall. I've never noticed that Josh Hartnett is really tall before. Uh, Josh Hartnett shows up in this film, and the first scene you see Josh Hartnett in, I was thinking, yeah, that's the pilot plant. <laughs> Sorry, Sean, you were going to say something. Yeah, that was just saying. I used to I used to work with. I used to love her. Eddie Farr, her name was. She was a, a science teacher. She worked for ICI, I think. But anyway, um, but I just remember, and she was like nuts. She had she was your proper nutty scientist. Like, <laughs> and you could just go in there. She had like she was she was quite old. I, I, I should imagine she's not around with us, with us anymore. But anyway, um, she used to have long, massive grey hair, and it was like, and I go, oh oh, Edie, can you tell me about um, heavy water? And she goes, oh yes, that's uranium. That's like you know, and she she would go off and just like it was brilliant. It was but What's really that? Coming out from her hair or pencils from the back of her hair or something. She would have, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she did. Yeah, you're, you're making, like... you're making me think of Emma, Emma Thompson in, um, in the Harry Potter films. Yes. Because, I don't because, know, I don't, I'm, I'm yeah, not Harry yeah. Potter, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah she, she, they, they essentially model her on somebody like that, where she has like you know this what we used to call like Coke bottle glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's. But, but anyway, okay. So back. So it's anyway, I was going to say trooper like Oppenheimer as well, and like in the film, she used to, <laughs> she used to always she used to go down by the squash courts to have like cigarettes. She was great, and she must have been. Because oh, we back. we all know that you cannot come through with scientific breakthroughs without the help of tobacco. Yes, you just can't come through without it. Tobacco is needed in one shape or the other. But but yeah, I was going to say. Um, so Pranav. Pranav, who wrote the play Destroyer of Worlds, uh, he's the reason why I know as much as I do about this whole thing. And this film, I was watching it going, 
oh, Pranav did that. Oh, Pranav did that. Oh, Pranav did that. I was like, oh my God. It's like the Christopher Nolan C. Branagh's play. I guess it's history, but at the same time, there were some things where he had like even conversations with Oppenheimer and Einstein. And I just thought it was really, really cool. And Gen- General Groves, who was played by Matt Damon, which, oh yeah, Matt Damon was in the film. <laughs> Sorry. And I keep being surprised. I constantly am surprised that Matt Damon is actually a competent actor because in my head he isn't. Well, because you just keep thinking, Matt Damon. Steve America is to blame for that, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Matt David. Matt Damon. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> you know, but I, I thought uh, uh, I I really really enjoyed the film. I thought it was great. I thought that, and I, I and I loved the whole how. I think you could see Nolan using tricks he's used before because if you've seen Memento, which was the first big film that Nolan was known for, um, they have this, essentially, Memento has bits in black and white and has bits in color. And the black and white and the color thing, as the film is going along, you're figuring out why is one in black and white, why is one in color, and then there's a bit where they meet together. And the same thing happens in this, where I can't remember, I think it's fusion is in color. The two bits of the film are fusion and fission. And fusion is in color, fission is in black and white. And as it goes along, you start realizing this is what it means when it's in color. This is what it means when it's in black and white. And it sort of jumps around in time and everything. I just think it's it's just a very well put together film. And I, I that's just made me think. And it's it's not wildly interesting, but mildly interesting point in terms of the black and white and color uh, was um, Kitty Oppenheimer's very red lipstick. Oh yeah, which was actually quite really quite sort of it. It somehow made a really strong point from a from a graphical from a visual perspective yeah and they sort of hone in on this on how both so you got the color but you also got you were able to focus on the subtleties of what she was saying which was the some of the really clever bits with her then in the you'll know the bit towards the end in the yeah 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 the the bit just the, the presence that she has and the the way it was those subtleties in the colour and the use of the colour there that I found was actually really quite impressive as well. Yeah. Interesting. Although, although there is one bit, there's one bit that I, I'm much, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the screen on the cinema that I was watching it, but there's one bit in which I feel that they might have done a bit of, let's, let's put it this way, Benny Safdie, who plays Edward Teller, I think that there was a day where he had some mustard on his shirt. <laughs> because there's a bit where they are in the courtroom they're, they're in the courtroom that bit's black and white and there's a shot that they have of him and everything is black and white apart from this faint yellow patch on his belly and i was and i was looking at that going okay christopher nolan is not far from stanley kubrick in terms of being obsessed with what you see on screen so yeah. it is not likely that that's just something that they missed <laughs> so and now and now i'm like oh but I actually want to go, I think if I'm going to see this film again, I just want to go see it on another screen and see if there's this yellow mustard stain on somebody's shirt when it's supposed to be in black and white. But anyway, we've banged on about this for so, I think we've banged on about this for so long that I think we, today is just going to be a cinema special. We're not going to talk about Netflix. We're just going to talk about cinema today. And Netflix. Yeah, because, because quite frankly, I'm loving Barbenheimer. I think it's one of the best things to happen in cinema in a while. And I love the fact that it isn't a sequel. It isn't anything like that. And it isn't James Cameron telling us that you will like this. Go to the cinema and watch it. Uh, yeah. I, I, so I love the fact about that. And I love the fact that Oppenheimer, I think, is a, it's a bit of a swing because to do a film about a scientist talking about science for three hours wow. to have and figure out a way of making it cinematic and figure out a way of marketing it so that everybody wants to go see this film. I just think it's brilliant. I just think what they've done is brilliant. And but and crucially, they remembered to make a good film. 
<laughs> a friend of mine observed though that she was having not been interested in Barbenheimer at all is that she was had no interest in watching the commercialization of mass murder which I thought was quite an interesting yeah. I, I, I liked, her, I liked her, her phraseology there and I can very much see the point yeah well I I uh, because that was something I was hello Sharon Sharon has made hello, it Sharon. off a ferry she's made it off a ferry <laughs> she's made it off yeah it's what you call island life so sorry I'm, 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 I'm trying to they're best the best the lights better there you, you come at the right time to, for thoughts on Oppenheimer Oppenheimer yes I thought it was intense focused yep masterly crafted Yep. Uh, I think the performances were spot on, note perfect. I think it's the best Emily Blunt has been for years. <laughs> and I think it basically is Killian Murphy's probably out standout role for him. Yep. Yeah, we I think we've all said that. <laughs> 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 we've all said that. I, I mean, because Blow, it, away. Yeah. Oscar 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 I reckon. Sorry, I'm, oh, I I I think that the film my bed. I think I think Oppenheimer might be the front runner for the best picture Oscar now. Yeah. I think I think I think it's, it's probably the front runner for the Oscars full stop at the moment. Um, so it's um, but yeah, well, we, yeah, you were talking about the commercialization of mass murder, and I thought that the fact that they didn't lose sight of that, uh, the fact is that, that the, in the film that they had this whole thing, which which I mean, having hung around scientists, I know it, it is true that they get really, really into, oh my God, we can do this. And it's only later that they go, hang on a second, what are people going to do with this? <laughs> Just because we can, should we do yeah. it? But... Yeah. And, it's, and, I, and, I, and I thought that this was one of the best things I've seen in film of addressing that whole thing where scientists yeah. are like, we can do this. And then afterwards realizing, oh crap, what have we done? And, yeah. I, think that, and I think that they did that really well of, yes. of, of because it's... Realization. Yeah, the point of realization and... The fact that the, and, and showing how this ripples throughout through because the film doesn't yeah. just go we built the atomic bomb yay USA yeah, we USA it. we've done it yeah. and then the film ends it doesn't do that it shows the no. aftermath of what happens and what happens almost psychologically <laughs> to realize yeah, yeah. I, mean, it, I did this <laughs> it did have the thing in it that I absolutely hate and I know I've raised before but I think they dealt with it relatively well is it's a particular Americanization of the the we, yeah the USA USA we're going to celebrate something awful. yes whereas it's like the, the celebrating the death of bin laden i find that yeah well, repulsive oh. yeah well, well the, the thing about it is it and this is this is where so i feel could... this is where i feel like they did a very good job is okay of course it's history there is it is no it's no spoiler to say that they actually built a bomb and it worked Yes. And that, yes. that they tested it, first well. of all, the, the Trinity test scene, the whole film kind of like builds up to that Trinity test scene. And when they have the Trinity test, but when they test it, there's a bit where you can see people are like, yeah, we did it. And you can understand that it's just a whole bunch of scientists who are really, really happy because what they've been working on for three years has worked. And in, mm. that, in that moment, that's, that's like a point where you, you, you can almost see that they haven't clicked that this is going to be used on people. <laughs> yeah. That they, that all they are celebrating yeah. is this massive achievement that we have just done, which means that we can actually that we have managed to 
split an atom. We've managed to do something that nobody thought was possible, that people that we didn't even know whether it was going to work or not until we hit that button. Then we knew, oh my God, it works. We've, we've managed to do something. Then, and I think it's kind of like the, there's a difference between the celebration when they test the bomb and the celebration when the bomb is used. <laughs> And I, I, yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a difference between, and I just I I think well as you can see we've been talking about this film for almost like forty minutes, and I think we could I, I feel we could talk about this film for a much for a much longer period. Sharon, we've decided that today we're not doing any Netflix. We've decided that cinema has won because of the Barbenheimer thing. Cinema yeah. has cinema has shown what only cinema can do. Nothing compares to that. No, I don't have you I discussed really... about the music in Oppenheimer because I wasn't sure there's moments where it becomes almost unbearable where it becomes like an extra character in a scene where I could just feel it and I was trying to sort of break down what I think the music was whether it is the sound of the bomb or at the ticking of the clock or the countdown to it but it's like all these elements where they just you can feel them just pressing yeah. that's it's... exactly that it's, and there's constant noise throughout yeah. it there's no silence yeah. until the one moment where there is silence. Yes. Just... It's this intensity, and then it sort of, you suddenly go, why am I feeling tense? But it's because you've got this constant yeah. um, sensory overload almost, haven't you? And I wasn't sure, what are the sounds am I hearing? Is it fire? Is it just a ticking clock? Is it the, the sounds that an atom makes when it's breaking down <laughs> or being collided or whatever they do with these atoms? Fission, fusion. Um, yeah, but I found the music was a, quite an intense experience. Part of adds to that intensity of the experience, which I think you can only get in a cinema. I don't think you could replicate that in any way at home, because you're never in that. No, without a lot of money. Sound. You're never going to be able to have that intensity of sound that just engulfs you, uh, oh. as a way that sort of the whole bomb would engulfs the world that post nuclear weapons. I'll be in. I watch it when it does when it comes out on streaming where i think one will have to do it in a completely darkened room as well i don't think you could watch it with your blood you know with your curtains open okay all right cool so um i don't think we have done oppenheimer justice quite frankly but we do need to move on because we, we do need to 